Moncrief on News Talk. So the suspect's alleged address contained even more Galvella images, and neighbours positively ID'd his picture. Meanwhile, we've interviewed a number of residents at Beechwood House. Whoever lived in Flat F kept himself to himself, and the few that did notice a resident describe him as dark-haired and stocky. Like Terry Boyle. What we really need is the chance to confirm whether Terry Boyle was the man that confessed to an involvement in Galvella's murder, or it was someone else entirely. Tell me about it. My patience is all used up. Set up an urgent meet with the Jesus handler. Cheers, boss. There you go. That's uh, Line of Duties. Uh, Line of Duty, I should say. It's on Sundays at 9pm on BBC One. Uh, you can, well, you could catch up on the iPlayer, but obviously you need to do some sort of jiggery pokery to do that. Though Season 5 uh, is available on Netflix. James Dempsey uh, joins us once again. Good afternoon, James. Good afternoon to you, Sean. This is one of these Marmite things, I think, where you're either addicted to it or you just go, I don't get it. Yeah, and I don't get it, right? And I'm actually relieved that you said it was a Marmite thing because I've often thought I'm in this really distinct minority of people that just don't get it and everyone else seems to absolutely lap it up and think it is like just the most gripping piece of television ever. And I, I come at it as someone who has done my homework, right? I've watched all of the episodes. I mainlined season five uh, ahead of watching the season season six in three days. So I've put in the time. OK, well and I done. I still just don't get it. Right? <laughs> um, so it's kind of an interesting show uh, in terms of its structure. So it is, you know, we're now in series five of this. It is about uh, the various officers in the uh, in AC12, which is the anti-corruption unit 12. You've got three, um, you know, series regulars. We heard Vicky McClure there, who's D.I.K. Fleming. You've got Martin Compton, who's actually Scottish actor, who's putting on a British accent as Steve Arnott. And then you have uh, Northern Ireland's own Adrian Dunbar as Superintendent Ted Hastings. And despite these being the kind of the three main, well, I'd be actually reluctant to say main, but the three most uh, biggest supporting characters in the show, we don't actually know an awful lot about them, right? Mm. Uh, each series actually sort of puts into the forefront the kind of antagonist police officer that they're investigating because they are anti-corruption officers. And this time around, it's Kelly MacDonald, the Scottish actress who plays uh, DCI Joanne Davidson. And she is a, a homicide detective. I'm not, that might be American talk, right? I, I will say you have to be very fluent at acronyms when you're watching Line of Duty because they throw them out left, right and center. OCGs and chizzes and left, right. And, like, and, and basically it's like going into an oral exam in this, you know, in a <laughs> technical language of a of a of the of the police service but anyway she's a she 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 investigates murders <laughs> i'll leave it at that and um uh, this time around kate fleming has uh, left ac12 and is uh, is working under dci joanne davidson but uh, ac12 has now got a tip off that uh, she might be a bent copper as they are want to say in the show and therefore there's a whole web of intrigue going on now i will say you are never going to be bored when watching an episode of um <laughs> of line of duty because Despite the policing itself, I mean, you know, the, the, there's a lot of looking at files and uh, kind of pointed questions here and there, but there's also just so much plot. It's just constant plot, 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 mm. plot. Something happens, something happens, something happens, something happens. And for me, the issue with it is that there's almost there's almost no character development at all. Like, look at our three principals, right? Steve Arnott, Kate Fleming, and Ted Hastings. 
all we really know about them is that they lead the most miserable lives of anyone on television <laughs> because they're either miserable at work where everyone is backstabbing absolutely everyone or often like stabbing in the face or in the hand or in the neck. There's multiple stabbings going on. But in their personal lives, their marriages are falling apart. Their, uh, you know, Steve has, uh, t- uh, we can infer, has got an addiction to pain medication at the beginning of this series. There, and And what I also would say is their lives are falling apart in the most unordinary or the most ordinary and uninteresting and unnovel ways, right? As in, uh, Kate Fleming is a, de- a female detective with a family, but she works too hard at the job, and that denies her having it all. Mm. And and like uh, Ted Hastings is, you know, he, his his marriage has fallen apart with his wife, um, and there's just no winning her back. And there's just I, I find no novelty in in the kind of the situations that are presented about them. But then at the same time, in one episode of Line of Duty, so much plot will happen that that would happen in two to three episodes of anything else, right? Yeah. Because these other things would fill in the gaps by having emotional stakes. (laughs) And, And for me, there aren't emotional stakes. And what I found interesting about this is, you know, I was in I was I was working the other day and in the staff room where I was. The scuttlebutt was about Line of Duty. People, you know, all my colleagues were talking about Line of Duty. And the thing I kept hearing over and over and over again was, yeah, I can't remember what happened in the last series. Or like, I can't remember who that is or who that is. I just can't quite remember. (laughs) And that's because it's so built up in this, you know, crazy plotting that kind of the characters are almost secondary to the plot really mm. and and that just makes it for you know for me i'm not in mo- i'm not in any way emotionally invested in this what i will say is if anyone wants to watch it right there's a very good 6 minute video on the on youtube the bbc have put it up um it's uh, it, it's a recap of everything that has happened in series 1 to 5 and to be honest you're going to save yourself an awful lot of time <laughs> ah right okay i was cuz that's what i was going to ask you because given that you said you went straight in at series five was that confusing for you oh no no i had done sorry i had watched all of the previous series but i i had skipped five at some uh, somehow i had skipped five and uh, that was the only one that is currently available on netflix so prior knowing that i was going to talk about series six and knowing how this is a show that builds upon season in only the most sort of superficial way personally i think um i knew i needed to watch series five because otherwise the writer or the texters who are already texting in to say i don't have a clue what i'm talking about would be giving out to me for not having done my homework right and and this is a jed mercurio show now and and pretty much if anyone saw the bodyguard um which was a shorter kind of iteration of the same thing but it's it's pretty much exactly the same formula as that did you see the bodyguard yeah i I liked the bodyguard more than this insofar as at least the bodyguard is more sort of self-contained, right? Mm. And it it does have development of characters. There we had, you know, uh, sort of political, uh, you know, ner- political shifting and and badness going on, mixed with sort of PTSD of a soldier uh, and his own family life. I, I and again miserable. <laughs> yeah, ever, no one's happy in these things. No, <laughs> no one is happy. I actually like. I I kind of sat down to think that this is a very nihilistic show because all the police officers are just horrible to each other and their lives are horrible and I don't even know why they're doing it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like they're not making the world a better place. To be it will become a security guard in Aldi. It'll be much better for you. 
Uh, well, let me tell you how wrong you are. Actually, you're not. Uh, um, uh, I hate this show, uh, says one texter. It's the build, but higher production. All the acronyms. You need an instruction manual to watch it. That's not how TV works. Uh, another texter said they refer to a character with Down syndrome as an oddball. In this day and age, how is that acceptable? Did you notice that? I, I, if, I have to admit that passed me by. I must have been looking at my phone at that exact time. Right. But if they did, that seems very, uh, you know, yeah. not not right and proper in 2021. Uh, Brian says that uh, Line of Duty has become a bingo game at this point. When do Kate and Steve meet up? Who's crooked? When does Ted say bent coppers or I didn't float up the lagging in a bubble? Uh, it's a tired formula. It's not just much. Fu- it's not that much fun. I will say it looks nice. Well shot and edited, says Brian. And John says, James, James, James. I'm usually <laughs> with you on your reviews but respectfully disagree with your verdict on Line of Duty gripping tense uh, and need more and more uh, one of my favourite shows ever to date uh, uh, says John so yeah as we start, respectfully start, yeah. respectfully I'll take that's fine yeah no that's I, and actually James I'm with you tried okay. uh, series one ages ago I found it laughable uh, I just found it laughable. Also, the main character is about three foot tall and obviously he was standing on things to be in the same shot as people uh, added to that. But I just found it absolutely laughable. Anyway, a couple of bits of uh, TV news. Keanu Reeves uh, has a, a new comic book series to be adapted by Netflix. Yeah, so Keanu Reeves, I mean, he's kind of like, he's had a really good autumn of his career insofar. He's had this great resurgence. He had The Matrix, which made him a big star at the beginning of the 20th century, 21st century. And then along comes John Wick. And now he has written his own comic book series called Berserker. He's written it with this guy named Matt Kint, and it's drawn by Ron Garney, and they are big comic book guys. And it's about a mysterious immortal warrior known as B, the Berserker, who spends 80,000 years walking the earth and just doing various acts of violence. And if you, you know, if anyone's interested, if you Google Berserker with no vowels in it, you'll find it and you'll see that the character is basically designed entirely on Keanu Reeves' in, you know, look. And, <laughs> and I mean, he wrote it, so that's to be expected. Yeah. But Netflix, it, 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 there's only been one edition. It was uh, published at the beginning of March. And it's been given a 12 edition run on its first go. But Netflix have already snapped it up and they're going to turn it into both a live action film, which Reese is going to star in. But they're also going to make it into a um, an anime type series. And he's going to voice the, you know, the, the version of himself in that as well. So basically, it seems like it was signed, 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 sealed and delivered right from the get go. But it's a new action franchise for him. All right. Well, fair juice to him. Yeah, uh, fair. Really fair juice to him. And oh, sweet Jesus. Barbie fashion battle. Yeah, yeah. Now, my favorite thing about this was that I was reading it right at the very end of the story. They were like, "No streamer has yet picked this up," but <laughs> Mattel, Mattel, the big you know toy company, has basically set their sights on developing numerous intellectual properties for TV and multimedia. And one that they're going to do is like a reality fashion competition for Barbie the doll and basically 12 designers are going to design outfits for Barbie to wear to various briefs and you know uh, time schedules and so on and so forth what I thought was most intriguing about this as a concept was they said you know the designers will um, will design the outfits which will then be 
uh, like showcased in quote cinematic reveals of each outfit and you know like i can sort of imagine the designer walking barbie down you know down some sort of catwalk to and fro uh, if that's what they're going for we'll see the winner is going to get some amount of money and then uh, the chance to sell their barbie designs on on mattel's website but mattel as i said they're lining up various different ips for for tvs and feature films there's going to be a movie about uno the card game there's going to be a game show about whack-a-mole the <laughs> whack-a-mole thing and then netflix is also already developing two different cartoons of the masters of the universe uh, franchise which wow. is he-man one of which is kevin smith of clerks and that's the adult one and then and that's voiced by basically everyone who was ever in game of thrones and then the other one is a, is a cgi one that's much more kind of kid family friendly right okay he-man Somewhat homoerotic, I always thought. Oh, very, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, good to know the gay are still, uh, still working a wee bit. Uh, right, uh, we do have to take a commercial break. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on Newstalk. Uh, two more shows to talk about with James after this. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. James Dempsey is still with us. Uh, rather bravely, he reviewed Line of Duty uh, before the break uh, and said... I don't get it. Uh, A few texts in reaction to that. Uh, Thank you, James. I thought it was just me. I loved every other series, but I had no idea what was going on this time. As for the terminology, I'm totally lost. So disappointing. Uh, Ray says, I've often thought a TV and film critic as a job. I didn't see it as work. But much respect and kudos to your intrepid critic for sitting through all of Line of Duty for the sake of his job. I haven't watched it myself, but completely understand his point. A bit like Australian soaps, I just don't get it. Uh, someone else says, I like the show. I'd even say I like it a lot, but let's face it, it's grand like. Best TV ever? Not by a long shot. Uh, Viv says, I've watched all five seasons of Line of Duty, uh, but let me tell you that this first new episode is a hames of a mishmash, disappointingly awful, atrocious TV. Uh, the only unrepentant uh, Line of uh, um, uh, Duty uh, lover. Uh, was, uh, of course, Susan uh, Colin Inkilkenny, who uh, says, I don't want emotions, James, mother of God. I just want them to catch Ben Coppers. And she includes in her tweet a picture of Ben Coppers just to demonstrate the point. Uh, Owen says on a completely different show, I watched, I recently watched Ra- uh, Rami based on James's recommendation. While it was good, I think we've reached peak US slacker comedy with a central character as a drug-taking liberal with some quirky friends uh, and somehow surviving in New York without any income, says Owen. May I, Owen have a fair Fair point. Yeah, look, absolutely. That's definitely a trope, right? The kind mm. of like disaffected male slacker, drug taking youth, but with a heart of gold. Definitely, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, uh, there, there is almost a point where kind of a lot of these comedies are starting to feel like the same one. Uh, um, and also, it, it, it's actually a reason why I think I'm enjoying. Um, uh, Superstore so much of late because it's an old-fashioned comedy with, mm. with jokes. <laughs> you yes. know, it actually it has jokes, right? Which yeah. is what what a novelty for a comedy. Whereas a lot of these are basically dramas that have more drugs, more more well, drugs and jokes at yeah. the same time than than a traditional drama. We'll say. Yeah, it's more like a druggedy, uh, really. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, right, we'll move on to our second show. Uh, it is the flight attendant. All episodes streaming now on Sky Atlantic. Here's a clip. All right, when you psychotically embraced honesty just now with the FBI you didn't mention that you left the hotel room I don't even really know if I did okay yes but if you did that could theoretically have been when someone else might have come in and killed him okay but if you're right about 
that about the time that Alex died. That means I was so fucked up that I got back into bed with a dead man. It's kind, it's kind of the only thing that explains why you're not dead too. Oh my God, that's just sad. Like, that's bad, right? On a personal level, that is just bad. Right, uh, that's The Flight Attendant uh, streaming now on Sky Atlantic. Uh, I've seen a lot of rave reviews of this, uh, uh, James. I did see one review, I think it was in The Examiner, but essentially it seemed to be the, the reviewer said, I didn't like the Big Bang Theory, so I couldn't like this. Is there a bit well, of this to it? That's a terrible uh, stance to take on <laughs> this, right? So the thing about it is, yeah, right, it does have Kaylee Cuoco of of Big Bang Theory fame. And like, I'm, I'm no Big Bang Theory fan, right? But, uh, and her role in the Big Bang Theory was fairly thankless. Not only was she the, like, you know, the... The hot one she was also the straight man really right mm, yeah so she didn't get much to do except be the kind of funny pretty one uh, well not even funny but like the kind of the the boring pretty one and this is a really good um example of how good a comic actress she is because if you kind of read the you know the what this is about it doesn't sound like it would be this frothy fun comedy right it's about this flight attendant named cassie who flirts with one of the passengers on her flight to bangkok and ends up having a night with him and when she wakes up the next morning his throat has been very dramatically very dramatically slit and he is dead in the bed behind beside her and she cannot remember a single thing that has happened because she was fairly drunk the night before and she flees the scene and makes her way back to new york but when i say that this is there is an excellent lightness of touch to this you know i i cannot underestimate it the, the i also want to highly credit the score which also i'm afraid we didn't hear in the um in the in the clip there the score uh, by blake neely is this really fun kind of jazzy whodunity music mm. and the whole thing is this incredibly silly irreverent but funny and a little bit dark who done it? Because Cassie is trying to figure out who killed the guy while staying one step ahead of the law, which is beginning to catch up with her and figuring out her own sort of checkered past, which is all sort of explained through flashbacks that uh, haven't told us an awful lot yet. Now, I've only seen three of the episodes. There are eight. I do feel like th- this is the kind of show that should be a one and done show, right? Yeah. Either they're, either they're going to solve this mystery or they're going to she's going to end up in prison. Right. I haven't got the, the I haven't done the distance yet, but I do know that there is a second season on the way. So that is the turbulence that I'm sort of, you know, worried <laughs> about that we're on our way towards. However, these first three episodes, they're about maybe 50 minutes each. They are really, really fun. And Kaylee Cuoco is this incredibly game actress who is playing this basically alcoholic train wreck who has a terrible uh, personal who has a terrible personal life but is having fun at the same time and she manages to do all of everything wrong like everything about it is wrong every every situation she enters into she she makes the wrong decision but she's incredibly likable while doing it and it's also really stylish right whoever did the costumes on this show did a fantastic job whoever did the design whoever did the set design whoever did the opening credits i said already the music everything about it i just thought this was exactly what I wanted that Nicole Kidman show to be, right? This kind of like, <laughs> the, I can't, whatever that was even called, the one yeah. with the coast. Where, the, undoing. The, one in, yeah. the undoing, yeah. right? This, this is the undoing of the undoing because this is really fun, 
the mystery is exciting the you know uh, like you get to see it inside of a plane again <laughs> <laughs> and, and all these far-flung destinations as she's flying off i mean it makes the life of a flight attendant look as incredibly glamorous as it maybe was in the 1960s and definitely isn't anymore mm. but honestly this is well worth giving a go Right. Sold. Absolutely. Uh, uh, looking forward to it. And well done to her uh, uh, for, yeah. you know, uh, uh, getting past probably what's uh, always a hump in the career after exactly. doing the series for such a long time. Right. Uh, we'll move on to our third show of the day. It is The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. New episode streaming every Friday on Disney+. Plus. Here's a clip. So I have a feeling they might be a part of the big three. What big three? The big three. What big three? Androids, aliens and wizards. That's not a thing. That, that's definitely a thing. No, it's not. So every time we fight, we fight one of the three. So who are you fighting now, Gandalf? How do you know about Gandalf? I read The Hobbit in 1937 when it first came out. So you see my point? No, I don't. There are no wizards. Doctor Strange is a sorcerer. <laughs> a sorcerer is a wizard without a hat. Think about it, right? I'm right. I, I, just, I just came up with that. It's crazy. But look, that's not the point. These guys aren't magical. All right, they use brute force, just like you. The incredibly annoying guy in front of me with the staring problem. I'm coming with you. No, you're not. Right, that's uh, the Falcon and the Winter uh, Soldier. Uh, I suppose, is this kind of like a superhero body series? <laughs> Well, if if it is, we haven't seen that yet because that clip is fresh to me because we didn't get that in episode one. In fact, ah, in episode yeah. one, they were kept apart in different parts of the US. One, they think, was in New York and the other one was down south somewhere, right? And I I have to admit, this, the, like, this is coming off the back of WandaVision, which didn't stick the landing, but certainly was interesting enough that I think on the whole made for a very mm. interesting piece of TV. And this is much more straightforward, right? This is rather kind of perfunctory uh, super heroic, certainly in the first episode. Like what I thought was remarkable, remarkable about this is in the very opening scene, you kind of have Sam Wilson, who is the Falcon, who has these sort of, I don't know, mechatronic wings or whatever he can fly, right? Because he wears this flying suit. And there was this very... James, did you just make up that word, mechatronic Probably. Wing. probably. Yes, okay. I, I, it was a good one, but, though. Yeah. Thank you. It sounded, it sounded real. It's, look, it's my light of duty. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, uh, he, there was this very kind of what would have been normally been a hugely compelling action scene where he's flying around and all these helicopters are going around and he's trying to not get into Libyan airspace. And it was all a little bit too pro-military for my liking. But on the whole, I kind of thought this is a little bit boring because it's kind of, it's expected, right? Mm. Everything about this was just expected. And the real issue here is we have sort of, um, we've elevated two of the supporting characters to lead roles, right? Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson, the Falcon, and Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes, who is the Winter Soldier. And if you've watched all of the Marvel movies, uh, well, Bucky probably has the most backstory, but he was killed off fairly early on in Captain America and then brought back as a sort of... um, evergreen uh, on deep freeze assassin and uh, and didn't say much right Mm. because they haven't been given an awful lot of of stuff to do it was the same with wanda right we didn't really know an awful lot about wanda or vision so when they finally got their story and they got the time to tell their story it was interesting to hear about it and certainly i think this has potential to improve but all in all i found the first episode a little bit boring a little bit predictable a little bit kind of exactly what I expected this to be. And it's just unfortunate that it's coming off the back of WandaVision, which was a real talking point because it took such risks. Mm. And this 
this doesn't seem risky yet. However, I will say that clip that you played there, the kind of banter between the two of them sounded, you know, buddy copy. And I would be interested to see where that goes. So I'm looking forward to when they finally bring them together and move it on a bit. Yeah. And because and, I, I watched the first one as well, I was confused about what which Marvel Universe we were in. Is Captain America dead in this one? <laughs> So if you haven't seen, uh, yeah, okay, you kind of need to know a couple of things. So if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame at the event, at the end of Avengers Endgame and watch me get corrected now by super fans, Captain America basically goes back in time and gets to relive his past in a very favorable way. And yes. he hangs up, he hangs up his, uh, his, well, cowl, I guess, and gives his shield to the Falcon who immediately gives it to a museum <laughs> in the opening episode of, in the opening scene of this. Right. Okay. Right. Because that was going. Because I, I I couldn't bloody remember because it was so confusing between those two films. Whether who was dead, who wasn't dead, and he seemed to be making series in between those two films as well, just to uh, add to the confusion. Right. Okay. He's gone back there. Right. Okay. Uh, and what happened to the rest of them? The rest of them. Uh, well, I, Iron Man. Uh, some big spoilers here for Endgame. Who, if anyone hasn't, you know, so block your ears just for a minute. Iron Man uh, sacrificed himself to bring five billion people back to Earth, seemingly. And actually, this is kind of what this is exploring. It, a, a big motif of this series seems to be six months after the blip, which is when half of all living things in the universe were just disappeared in. A, in a cloud of dust and uh, now these those five billion people are back and how are these two worlds coming together right because we have a five-year gap between existences mm. and what that means for for example anthony mackie whose sister had to take over all of the family inheritance and now she has to deal with him being back and wanting to control part of it as well yeah no my, the only reason i ask that question is like okay you have uh, the falcon he's got a pair of wings and the other guy who can beat people up um, he also has um, like a special arm. Okay, he's got a special arm. All right, I'll give him the special arm. But aren't there other superheroes who will probably be a bit better than these two? Like, like we're at the like we're at the bargain basement end of this. This is the it, middle it, aisle in in. in <laughs> <laughs> that is scathing of the middle aisle. This is, yeah, so the, I think their adventures are going to be slightly smaller, or certainly that's why One Division worked, right? Because even mm. though One Division is arguably, uh, and and to the to the comic book nerds, she is the most powerful Avenger, but her story was a self-contained little thing involving a town, whereas this does involve them traveling all over the world. And I guess if the stakes are really that important, why aren't the other Avengers there? Yeah, <laughs> you uh, raise uh, an interesting point. Exactly. Yeah, I, I call the Hulk, but he wasn't interested so will you guys do it uh, right okay well it's worth sticking with anyway just to see what happens James uh, thanks yeah. as ever but I, before I let you go I do want to let you know that someone has texted in to say I'm actually a mechatronic engineer it's most definitely <laughs> a, a real world so well done James James Good, Dempsey there <laughs> you are listening to the Moncrief show on News Talk we're going to take a break after that Sugar Daddies Moncrief on News Talk